Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour on this Tuesday edition. We've talked a lot of football. We will continue to do so. OutKick 360. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Whenever you are in Nashville, Music City, if you're traveling here, we hope to swing by, say hello. Here live every day with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It's a great spot. TV numbers, boys. Let's hear them. Monday Night Football doubleheader last night. ESPN and ESPN2 for Titans Bills. This is a very strange number. This is from Sports TV Ratings on Twitter. 6.574 million. So close to 6.6 million watch Titans Bills on ESPN. And another 3.22 million Watch Titans Bills on ESPN2. Not the Manning cast, just a simulcast. So almost that, 10 that's million. a bigger number. It's weird that over half the audience from the ESPN side just happened to turn to ESPN2 and watch it there for no real reason. I figured the, the difference would be bigger between the two. It's like they scroll and just see it's on, so they click. Yeah, it. I think you're looking I for maybe you're looking for the Manning cast. And but they you would scroll you with ESPN first? I don't know. That's just odd to me. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's people going to the Manning cast and it's not there. I don't know. Either way, that's 9.7 million combined audience compared to Vikings Eagles on ABC, 12.858 million. So three million more people watch Vikings Eagles as opposed to Titans Bills. This could be a combination of Titans are not a great national TV draw with a blowout. The other game was a blowout, though, too. I think the Philly-Eagles market probably helps. Vikings, not an enormous TV draw. Here's the other thing. A lot of people are chiming in. I'm looking at the responses to this tweet from Sports TV Ratings. Put Monday Night Football back on the network. No, I think they will. decide to put it back on ABC. Hutton's been a big proponent of that for a while. It's been, to me, it makes no sense to not put a premium product on Monday night on sports that, I mean, football is what of the 50 highest rated. Oh, it's like 53 of them or something or, uh, our, college or NFL, the vast majority by, by NFL. And then the only other things that rate well are what uh, election night and specialty shows. Yeah. Uh, like maybe the Oscars in certain years, or like a special show like that, yeah. will have a big number. Um, if you're paying, if you're paying premium price, which everyone is now, I would want it. I would want more of this. And that, th- or I think double it up. Well, so what's what's a typical Monday Night Football rating? What's their average? Because if you're getting 12 million on ABC and nine on average on ESPN, you're close to 10, and you stagger them the way they did, this was a test to see what it was like. So did they double their Monday Night Football audience by doing that? Did they did they raise it by 75%? Because they're doing it three times next year. And I think this will determine, like, okay, they're staggering it at halftime. Or do they need to move it back 15 minutes? Are they going to start instead of 6.15? They're going to start at 6 central for the first game, right? Like, I, I'm curious by that number. Well, also, by the way, Amazon, Amazon predicts, and it may be already be out. I was reading this yesterday morning. Uh, they're also going to be rated through Nielsen this year. 
It's amazing how slow their numbers are. And they they are predicted early return from Nielsen over 12 and a half million viewers for Thursday night football. That's amazing. Gold. Chiefs and Chargers. Marquee matchup. First there. time, too, where we predicted some people would give up. So um, this is interesting, Hutton, to your point about moving to the business of this and moving to a network in ABC. I'd also pose the question, what is on a network anymore that would prevent you from putting an NFL product on it? Nothing. It's not like there are weekly sitcoms that are drawing enormous audiences that you can't miss. There's not even well, as many weekly procedural shows the argument, that are big on networks. The argument early on was you're, you're reaching two completely separate audiences with like Bachelorette on one in primetime, which yeah. is a mega hit for them, non-sports. And then if you want sports, well, they own the sports property, so let's boost them too instead of playing like a rerun of 30 for 30. So someone responds to sports TV ratings, which is a, a terrific follow, by the way, on Twitter. Yes, I, I recommend yes. it, at sports TV ratings. And ask this question, how long before this becomes a weekly occurrence? Talking about an ABC simulcast of Monday Night Football, Disney already relegated Dancing with the Stars to Disney+. Plus, okay. And the NFL numbers are higher than what they got on ABC in years. This shift will increase ad revenues. Sports TV ratings responds with this answer. Affiliate fees for ESPN and Monday Night Football exclusive importance to those affiliate fees are greater than ad money for ABC. They say, I will be surprised to see Monday Night Football... It says, it says, I will be very surprised to see Monday Night Football back on ABC as an every week thing until ESPN's gloriously successful affiliate fee model is disastrously mm. and irreparably broken, which people predict will happen with some of the trends with the affiliate model with ESPN. But that, that's interesting. Surprised to see that happening because the exclusivity of Monday Night Football on ESPN helps raise the affiliate fee that ESPN is charging, which is greater than ad revenue and eyeballs you would get with more viewers on ABC. So that kind of breaks the system of you put it where the most people can see it. In this case, it's more important to Disney slash ESPN ABC to make it exclusive to ESPN because they feel they don't feel it does. It makes the affiliate fee higher for ESPN when they well, do that. Well, here's another thing that you have to keep in mind, though. You've got to keep CBS and Fox happy. That's the meat and potatoes Sunday afternoon. So you've got 16 games in a week. You take away one for Thursday night. You take away one for Sunday night. You're down to uh, 14. Then if you've got uh, four teams on by, you're down to, to 12. Um, if you're taking away two of those for Monday night, you, you've only got... Um, 10 left. So you got to keep some inventory for a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I think it's, there's some Sunday afternoons where they only have as few as two games in the late afternoon red zone. We're talking about mm -hmm. how much people love that red zone. Well, if there are only two games on in that red zone, the late red zone window, that red zone experience isn't anything like we're talking yeah, that's, about that's being a so very, charged up. That's that's not a that, I mean, that's a rare occurrence, right? Yes, right. but you the, could the, get the there if you're, you're, you're in a big bye weekend, too. I don't know that they're only four teams off most of the time. but sometimes The other thing four. that they're doing away with where uh, moving forward, it's not going to be Fox is exclusive to the NFC and AFC is right. exclusive They've to CBS. They've done away with that. So what they're doing is the games that are left. They divvy them up in the a Sundays, fair way. You get to... One for like you, two for, for me. You know, there's a bid two for, for you, it. one for me. 
uh, waiver claim. However, S- you similar do to that. like uh, the, what the networks would do for conferences they have affiliations with. Sure. Well, one one group gets first pick, second pick. The way the SEC, CB, CBS would always get first pick, then ESPN night game would get second pick. But I think and it, on down the list. But in, instead of that, uh, it's not CBS always gets first pick. Yeah, it, it rotates they, they based shift. on yeah. the week. It, it it ensures the most fairness in terms of distributing the daytime games. Yeah, and so and in some cases, the network don't even they don't even want a great game. They just want the biggest market, Marcus. right? Yeah. The, they well, to Dallas. them, that's great. If game. Dallas isn't one of the six primetime games, they want. They want it in the afternoon at three twenty-five or whatever that kickoff time. Because Dallas Rush to me is, is I acknowledge the popularity and, and the, the the eyeballs they draw. It's it's still one of the more fascinating, like stands the test of time. Yeah, phenomenon sports that they are still America's team in terms of interest and in people watching because it's not like they win all the time. It's not the biggest market in America. It's just it's it's interesting to me that people still your people well, always a, watch the Cowboys. There is a soap opera it. element to the team, but you don't have to watch the game to get Jerry's. <laughs> you know, Jerry's post game is always fascinating, right? There's always the stuff around the team. I guess you have to watch the game if you're a Cowboys fan in order to get all the surrounding stuff yeah, I mean, for it to have the impact. What they've what they've won, and they're everywhere. I mean, Cowboys fans, but like just to dumb it down a bit, they have the region plus. The, the region of the country. Not, I mean, 32 teams, multiple states have multiple teams, and there's a region of the country that gets, you know, you get what you get. Like here in Nashville in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, it was Dallas or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yep. And that's who you saw, so that's who you attach yourself to if you're going to watch a game. Yeah. I, again. Because you knew I, the storylines in every oh, player. I, I get it. You know, I, I grew up and in I th- era. And that's still the case regionally for Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. I mean, you just go through Missouri. You start Denver's going through. Got it like that. But it's not. It, it, they have it blanketed. Yeah, but I, I get the history of it. and why. I mean, I grew up in an era when it, it was always the Fox afternoon it, game was the Cowboys with Jimmy but Johnson. But it still is. On. It still is. I know. But my, my point is, in an era now where people can watch, in many cases, whatever game they want, it's still remarkable to me that generationally, people who grew up in the 70s watching the Cowboys or the Steelers all the time picked a side, many picked the Cowboys, that it's, they stick with it, that it's still the one that's always going to be the draw. And it makes me ask the question, if they just started showing someone else every week, <laughs> then they become a big draw a generation from now? The way the Cowboys begat a generation of fans. Well, you can be the executive kids. that loses his job over that for the next generation of fans. Oh, Particularly I'm, when I'm, I'm not arguing with their success. I'm simply saying it's very fascinating to me that this survives generationally. Like of all the things that dies in America, that of all the things that we lose interest in, the fact that kids in, in the 1970s watched the Cowboys and stuck with that, and it still perpetuates multiple generational Cowboys fans, and we keep putting it on in the afternoon all the time. I wouldn't mess with success if I was a TV exec, but it'd be a grand experiment if they just decided, this is going to be the national TV window. We're going to show this team 75% of the time and see if America falls in love with them. And then 40 years from now, they still get huge ratings. Well, it's, not, we it's not an issue for the NFL because it does so well now, but uh, look, as, as a father of a soon-to-be 13-year-old boy, I wonder what percentage of 13-year-old boys are sitting down watching anything close to a full NFL game. 
maybe their hometown team, you know, as part of a family deal or with friends. But, I mean, these kids watch snippets, snippets, snippets. Football's a very tightly, neatly packaged thing. It still, for them, is like a t- comparable for us to watching something that's 24 hours. But even if it's a snippet, you're paying premium price for it. Yeah, but I mean, they don't want to see the snippet until it's snipped up for them on TikTok or YouTube or something. They, they don't know what CBS is. But I'm saying CBS is putting everything out in two or three minute clips, and they would still pay a billion dollars in order to yeah, be able to yeah. send so out the that. NFL two or three minute clip. Yeah, that's how valuable the product is. Um, because I mean, they they winned everything. It's a, by the way, well, we Jerry just talked Jones, about it with their minor league system being college football. It's the best minor league system going, and they don't have to pay a dime for it. And it's just yeah produced, packaged yeah. up, assembly line comes through. We're taking these guys. We got a lot of body of evidence to, to look at all of them. I mean, They'll NFL come to our draft for the, free. The NFL wins constantly, and they're going global at every you know, turn. That, that's the next big step. Um, Jerry Jones has volunteered, so he does a weekly radio show and. and Says a lot on, was it oh, 105.3 The Fan, I believe, in Dallas? Um, he has now asked, like, this was after week one, he asked that the radio station begin taking a segment of phone calls from disgruntled oh, fans for him. Gracious. Think about that. <laughs> I love him. Give he me another owner that's doing good that. Radio. Jim Irsay, I love him. Jim Irsay has at least thought about it, um, but he's more apt to just you know record himself and tweet it out. Jerry is the opposite. Like, he wants to take the call and then talk his way through whatever he's going to explain. He's one of those guys that, that he, there's, he is not afraid of anything, any words that could be said to I guess him. He's like, if Saban can handle it, I can. Like, yeah. Bring it. Well, well he's he also just a type of like, radio. Who cares? Yeah, well, you know, that's true. What can someone say? That's what Jerry Jones said. What can someone say to me that's really going to affect me? I can handle whatever call you want to say, what, and I'll just own I mean, it. It is so anti owner mentality, though. Especially for that league. I mean, I could save this for a primary complaint. This just comes up right now from uh, from Schefter. Took yes. a minute to come up. Dolphins tight end Mike Jacecki explains the origins of his version of the gritty that unveiled during Miami's win over Baltimore. It's, I mean, how is that something people is this, want? Is it this is the exactly dance what that he you was just doing? explained. I know. 13-year-old kid I, yeah, wants to watch that. But... That's exactly why they're doing it. I don't know a 13-year-old kid that's following Adam Schefter for gritty news, though. So they showed Adam Schefter doing, I think, this dance last night in the build-up to Titans' bills on the field. I thought that's where what they were all coming. Dance has well, some shelf it. life. Uh, did he do it? Uh, it was last year, or the year prior, and that's whenever it, it he popped his hamstring or whatever. Well, it, was, it was cold because they were showing him in a full. It may have been the Bills game and the the wind oh, last yeah. year against the Patriots. Yeah, I think Patriots. he like he popped his quad or hamstring what? or something. Bears and Vikings. Ah, um, oh, there we go. Maddie's all over it. He's the oh, expert Randy on this Moss. on this dance. But yeah, I mean. Again, it was like, funny. Like I watched the clip, and I'm like, "This is funny watching Adam Schefter dance in this why way." No, he hurt himself, though. I think, <laughs> legitimately. Like well, I like that. He like tore. It. <laughs> why, why does it Look have such a long me, shelf he, life? He, um, I don't know what they're tying in with Schefter on that. <laughs> I mean, he's they're showing that because I guess that's what happened on Sunday. <laughs> I want Darren right? Ravel to do it. That's, what the, it that's what the Dolphins me, do. If Schefter popped a hamstring, Darren Ravel would uh, would uh, be. 
tore he tore his, his meniscus. Meniscus. Darren Ravel <laughs> would really hurt himself. So could Darren Ravel do the gritty and not oh, get seriously injured? When I when I coach softball and I sit on a ball bucket during the game you while my team's the up. field and give directions, <laughs> Your legs fall the ball asleep. will occasionally no be hit over there, and all the parents will give me grief, like, "Come on, coach, get up and catch that ball." And I'm thinking, I will tear a meniscus if I jump too quick off of this bucket to try to go catch the ball that quickly. Yeah, those days now are over. I know. Because Adam Schefter tore his meniscus doing a dance, this could happen. I'm also laughing He's at the no ESPN exec either. that is getting with Adam Schefter right now. They're, they have like an image consultant, I'm sure, and they're like, you know, you need to be a little younger, a little, yeah, little let's looser. Let's tweet out some gritty stuff. We need to get you a little more hip. Let's get you doing this gritty dance no, but that, that all the kids are talking about. But it wasn't like – he didn't do it for a segment. He did it like walking onto the field. Oh, Randy Moss and the, they were getting mic'd up, and the cameras were rolling, but it wasn't live He's on the air. just being silly. He just tore Adam his meniscus. Adam. Walking out there, dancing with the guys before they went live. So, um, but follow me here on this, the, the image consultant <laughs> idea that ESPN has. Uh, the lesser known um, David Spade, Chris Farley movie, Black Sheep. Of yes. their, of their, oh, uh, yeah. That's a really funny movie also. Well, Chris Farley is the brother of Tim Matheson, who's running for governor of the state of Washington. And Tim Matheson has one of his image consultants with him. And he's about to do a speech, and he's like, hey, what do you think I should do to be a little younger and hipper? Should I loosen the tie? And the, the lady goes, you know what? No tie. He's like, yeah, no tie. That sounds good. Before he goes out there, I'm picturing the same thing with Adam Schefter before he takes the field. He's like, what dance should I do today when I go greet these guys before we got there? The gritty? You know what? Do the gritty. That's going to appeal to young Simon and his 13-year-old buddy. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'll do, the gritty. But it's a very ah, underrated scene that movie. And he's like, you know what? Loosen the tie, the guy says. Just loosen it a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. And kind of unbuttons the collar. That's Adam Schefter now with his team at ESPN. Very I love sad. this. Love this story so much. We should have attached ourselves to it long, long ago. Thanks to the crew in here, by the way, for knowing all about this dance. And yeah, very Schefter helpful. Dance. Yeah, that's good. Well, it proves that ESPN knows what it's doing. We're the only three in this building right now that's never heard of it. I feel like Maddie's been over there waiting for two weeks. Like, yeah. when How are they going to ask about the gritty? 26. Maddie is 16, so it's perfect. <laughs> it plays yeah. right into his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. 26. I mean, it's right in, that, uh, right in that range. That's what Schefter's after. Playing the demographics. He's, uh, he's trying to get after the next general manager uh, era. I don't know what All it is scouts. about the gritty that annoys me so much, but it annoys me <laughs> so much. Well, it's you know what it annoys you about it, Paul, is the fact that you follow Adam Schefter, and most of us follow to get just straight vegetables of NFL news, meat and potatoes. Let's not vegetables. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's kind of vegetables. Like he's giving you it's giving you injury reports. Uh, you know, this is being reported out of this locker room. It, it's the it's yeah. the newsy stuff of the NFL. So whenever he goes out of his way, <laughs> he always gets lit up too. Which I don't blame the guy. He posts ads. You know, he was like eating a chicken sandwich in one of them or something and talking about it or something with uh, with pizza one time. People were just crushing him over the pizza that he was eating. And I'm thinking, he's making so much. Yeah, unfollowing. For that. Like, I, I don't blame the guy one bit no, for I taking hate, money I've from. I've hated the gritty. I think forever. it was Papa John's, you know, who threw money at him for, for an ad. I've hated the gritty forever. I think like the Philly Fanatic did the gritty. I hated that. I've never heard of the gritty. You're one step ahead of me. I've get never ready, heard of this. Get ready for more of this place. crap. To yeah. Paul's point about how you appeal to the next generation, it's going to be more and more, more and more Nickelodeon. That's the next thing. <laughs> They're going to slime you. Yeah. It's, I just. What was the uh, extra broadcast on Thursday night? Was the dude perfect? 
Isn't it the amazing? Dude's though, perfect. That, like yeah. I, I go back I to like my them. football viewing, and when I can really remember sinking my teeth into watching football on the weekends, I was probably nine or ten. You know, I'm not even my daughter's. My daughter's now seven. She doesn't care at all. She'll watch thirty seconds of a game with me, and then is running to do something else. But we were drawn into sports because we watched sports with our parents or an older sibling or someone else. But we watched what our parents watched. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that we go our a generation or two down the road and now we have, have to no interest in what our parents but we have are. to prepackage. Sports are universal. Like, why do we have to change the sport and how we present it to kids? We That's weren't a very that way. Good question. We were kids once too. Yeah, we played with toys and we had ads on Saturday morning that were directed straight to us of what we wanted for Christmas and all that. But when sports were on, we just watched the game that our parents watched and we liked it or we didn't. Or you wanted to and sneak a peek watching. at the Tonight Show, right? If you got to stay up late enough and your parents were watching the, uh, one of the late night shows. You know, for me, it was car. My parents were watching Carson. I, I wanted to sneak a peek at Carson. My Th- kids couldn't care less what I have on TV at eleven o'clock at night. This is yeah, where we it, need a, like a child psychologist or someone to come in and explain this to us. How I, I guess it's just we're just providing more options. Well, he's got his own We go stuff. along, but I mean, I don't. I, I didn't have to have a Nickelodeon feed on the college football game of the week when I was eleven or ten to, to watch it, it and enjoy it. It's I, I don't know. Hit us up on the sports aren't enough media. anymore. I guess with uh, Outkick 360s where you can find us. Um, coming up, we'll we'll discuss college and NFL headlines. We'll hit the news and notes. We will dive back into last night's Monday night football results. The Bills beat down in Buffalo of the Titans. What it means moving forward and biggest biggest causes uh, for concern with Minnesota and Tennessee. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Paul, you were at Highmark Stadium last night in Orchard Park. What was the buzz like at halftime in the media box, knowing that if the Titans didn't come back out, there was a feel, I tweeted out at halftime, this game is about to break wide open. 17-7, and there was some feel like, oh, they've got the ball to come out. I felt like if they didn't go get points to begin the second half, they were done. Yeah, I felt like that too, but I felt like they had been so outplayed that yardage numbers were ridiculous. The first downs were doubled up. I felt like it was one of those situations like, hey, they've maintained contact here. They get the ball. If they come out and do something, they will have survived a bad half. And they've been a second-half team before. They're generally a second-half team. This season, they've not been anything close to a second-half team. The Giants came out and assumed control in week one. Yeah. And, and Buffalo you know, scored 24 points, I think, in the, in the third quarter yesterday to the point that Malik Willis was playing. Uh, before the break between the third and fourth quarters, Buffalo was rocking last night. I mean, look, I, I don't know. You know, you might, unless you have a personal hatred of the Bills from being in the same division with them, I don't know anybody in America that has hatred for the Bills. 
I mean, that city is so intertwined with its football team. You know, it's a small place. It's, it's not Green Bay, but it's the next best thing to Green Bay in terms of a team and a town. And I, I don't know why so anybody in America. And, and left, I didn't. Oh. Uh, wow. I, I showed you guys a little of the, uh, of the tailgating I was approaching. I did tell Chad before the show when you were out, everybody I saw walking when I was in that two-mile zone away, stranded helplessly in my Uber, was carrying either a 12-pack or a case, you know, one of those suitcases of beer. <laughs> I don't think concerned with it getting warm, just figuring they'll be cold enough. By the time I'm far enough into it, I won't care that they're warm. Hey, um, real quick, Clay Travis was watching our show and wanted to chime in on the debate we were just having yep. about kids watching. He says his son, uh, Lincoln, is, is watching. He says the Nickelodeon broadcast is specifically for kids not watching football, trying to bring them in that aren't already watching. Uh, he claims that more kids are watching NFL now than when we were kids. That it's, oh, it's way more popular. More options, yeah. So I, I asked him, I said, you know, Paul, you're Lincoln saying... Lincoln claims or Clay claims? Lincoln is claiming this, and Clay is saying the same thing. Uh, and, and he said he heard what you said about your son watching the clips more than anything. And I said, good discussion. I said, are your kids watching three and a half hours of NFL game? He says his watch the entire game when it's on the same way we did. So there you go. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's clearly a reason to have the Nickelodeon broadcast. And maybe Lincoln's right. It's to bring in the kids that aren't already watching. But I'm sure there are kids who sit and watch for fantasy purposes or just because they love it that'll sit and watch an entire game. And maybe his son also is the extreme that's sitting around watching college football games on Saturday in, in its entirety and NFL games on Sunday. Don't know. I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old daughter. I can tell you right now they're not, they're not of the age to sit and watch anything for longer than 15 minutes that's not a Disney Plus movie. Yeah, I imagine him it. to be the, the extreme based on the guys I know. The, the, the thing is, though, I mean, to that point, it's hard not to find the NFL product four or five days out of the week somewhere, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you get them wrapped multiple, into a good in, in, fourth quarter, in, you know, with the dramatic format you want. ending in, in, Exactly. Coming. Right? Like, if you want a two-minute clip or you want a 15-second TikTok of a highlight, you can get that if you're your son, Paul. If you want to watch recaps of games that's five to ten minutes, you can do that. I'm watching last night, and uh, Paul's guy, Chris Berman's got what is the fastest three minutes in yes. sports, and they do the highlights of every NFL game in three minutes. You can get it that way also. What do I have to give you for options his name not to come up for a couple of days? I just I love to rib you with, with Berman. Um, options are good. I can also drown in options when there are so many of them, but that, that's Unless the world we live in now. You can, yeah. you can get your favorite sport. Any way you want, especially the NFL, regardless of your age. I just, I, I find it when we go back to our own childhood and how we started watching sports, you just didn't have the option. I don't want to sound like some relic. I'm not an old, old man or anything, but like you watch the CBS game or the Fox game and you watch the ESPN when I was growing up, Sunday night football game, if you wanted to, and you watch the highlight show. That was on in the evenings, and that was it. Well, before you guys, I mean, Monday night football highlights were the way to find out, to see what happened around the league. Oh, yeah. They, was it yeah. like a 30-minute show that led into Monday or, night football? Or, or press uh, clips halftime. or the halftime press show, conference yeah. thing, you whatever. Know, it was a big thing to get to stay up through halftime of Monday night football to see those highlights. See, when I was a kid, it was 
Chris Berman and Tom Jackson on Sunday night. Well, that at show 6 was good despite his shtick. It was very good. That was it, yes. My my routine as a kid, I'm really going to age myself here. Was watching football at noon, football at three twenty five or whatever. Watching the highlight show and then watching In Living Color on Fox. And there really is <laughs> that no was on show. Sunday night with Jim Carrey and the Wayans brothers. There really is no show comparable to that show because when Football Night in America came on, it has to wait really until the last game is done to fully get into highlights, and then it's obsessed with previewing its own game. It's hard to get a show. I taped the NFL one with Maurice Jones-Drew. It's not the best talent on that show. Sorry, Maurice. NFL does a good job. If you want an hour highlight package, that's what you have to watch to me. But I wish Football Night in America was more like that old ESPN night show, yeah. which is now on Plus. I'm not watching that because of Berman. I, I would, I would much called? rather watch. I would much rather watch that old uh, Berman show. That was terrific. They went deep in the highlights. I watch Football Night in America, and I watch when it's Tony Dungy. Uh, talking about a big topic of the day and a big news story. It's a good show. And then I watch, I, I might watch a little bit of their film breakdown. Uh, I think Chris Sims does a good job talking about the quarterbacks on it, but I'm fast forwarding to the highlights. Yeah. It's I, like, I like the quick breakdown show. of the highlights and then the discussion, quick discussion on the panel. But that ESPN show did deep highlights. And that's deep highlights, yeah. deeper discussion on the games. Let's show you a three and out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, if it was important the three defense. and out, they would they would show you that. But also right. show show you jacked up, which I loved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rid of that. Now they're shying away completely yeah, yeah, from that's, it. That's not as as much now. But yeah, it's that that was that was the show. And I I still I wish there was a better option for it, but yeah. I would prefer like an hour long. Uh, At the re- end of the three o'clock games, a yeah. good hour long. Well, recap college show. football is a good example of this. Uh, Big noon kickoff is terrific. And I ended up watching pretty much all of it because it was in Lincoln. My wife was wanting to watch it also with Urban Meyer and them trying to put the corn hat on him to start the broadcast to take the job in Nebraska. But I like those pregame shows for that reason. College football, I think, does a better job of the postgame wrap-up. ESPN has something called College Football Countdown. Not Countdown. Um, they have a college I football wrap-up show. And it plays a hundred times. Yeah, college football scoreboard Keeps maybe. taping over itself. But it's yeah, an hour long of all the, I mean, Matt the Barry. big games and the not-so-big games. And the big games will have long highlights, and then you might get one or two highlights in the smaller games. But It's a good show. Yeah. The, the highlight package last night, all bills. Uh, same for the Eagles. We haven't talked much about the Eagles, but here's a balanced offense now. Jalen Hurts is playing... Great throws for run runs for two. Yeah, and uh, the the balance to their passing game with the addition of AJ Brown and the threat opposite whatever they want to do at tight end or with their formerly their number one guy um, Smith. the The balance in the passing game, there is a confidence level and a swagger to them that they're going to be able to go toe to toe with the top offenses in the league. Their Achilles' heel is their run defense, and They've got to shore some stuff up there. And that they invested at the first two levels up the spine of their defense in, in the draft. So I think that could improve as the season progresses. But the Eagles are to be reckoned with. It looks like a system where Hertz is very comfortable. And to this point, it's two games in. They're feeding their superstars. And when I say that, I mean, they're massaging the ego of those guys where they're the storyline 
post game the same way we're seeing in, in, in Miami. How was Hertz's accuracy yesterday? He started 10 for 10. There you go. And hit a bomb down the field to, uh, what, their fourth or fifth option, I believe. Quez Watkins. Well, Quez Watkins, yeah. Yeah, was the, was the bomb. And um, uh, they're, they're coming at the uh, series to series with different prerogatives, and they have a plan B if you stop their, their A version of whatever their game plan is. To this point, teams aren't stopping them. Yeah, and, and Hutton, you, you mentioned, you know, shoring up the run defense. Jordan Davis, I think it was a good pick for that out of Georgia, the, the big man in the, in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, I just, looking at every team in the construct of their own division, I just love the Eagles in the, in the NFC East right now, especially with a Dak Prescottless yeah. Cowboys team. Now, I say that. That offense was moving better with Cooper Rush than it was with Dak Prescott. And granted, I think Tampa's defense is better than Cincinnati's also, and had something to do with that. But man, who knows if Cooper Rush can beat Cincinnati at home? Can Dallas tread water long enough in in Dak's absence to win this division? I think yes is the answer. And, if if the first game's any indication. And then on the opposite side of the Eagles' line of scrimmage defensively last night. We were pumping this game, and, and, and rightfully so, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. Justin Jefferson was matched up against Darius Slay, and Darius Slay put him on lockdown. Um, on the targets where Darius Slay was defending Justin Jefferson, I believe it was, it was five or six total, and this will be in my column tomorrow at OutKick, he allowed one catch. Darius Slay, allowed, and he, he could have had three, four picks in this game. He ends up with two. As a great pass defense in the in the red zone, they they shut down the top weapon for Minnesota, and that's a total made them pass. extremely. There aren't going to be a lot of people that do that this year. Yeah, so uh, props to to Darius Slay there uh, for the Eagles secondary again. Run defense, a, a lot to be desired, but they have a, an offense that's going to put up thirty plus points a game, and sometimes that's what it takes, especially in the playoffs especially in the playoffs where they couldn't score last year at Tampa. Um, and that's where the Titans' Achilles heel is right now. They can get seven points in an open drive, and then they're done. Among the 0-2 teams, it's hard to pinpoint a team that's more one-dimensional in how they need to go about to get a win. They have to play sound defensive football, run the football well with Henry, and not make stupid errors, penalties, uh, turning the football over, all that. And get the play action going off of that. And then hit Run. a field goal in the final play of the game. Yeah, That's all it takes. And it's that simple. But it, to me, if you take any, anything out of that equation right now, they're not Very winning. hard to win. Very hard. And that's alarming considering what we saw last year. So now I, I, I get the feeling now it's like, oh, um, man, this is a banged up roster. And they lost Lawan, lost Dupree. We're, they didn't use that as an excuse last year. Why is that all of a sudden available today? Because they don't have A.J. Brown and their offensive line is worse. I think that, that's the reason because they could stick with their bread and butter. A.J. Brown the missed a couple games last year. Missed yeah, five, I believe. Yeah, but I mean, they could, they could even when Derrick Henry was out, they could still run the football at yes, times that, because they had an offensive point. line to do it. So they could stick with their identity. But their offensive line They don't is have short. an identity now. So Roger Saffold is, is, is then yeah, the yeah. biggest, most valuable piece of last year's team. I mean, that's the single biggest change. 
David Quesenberry versus Nicholas Petit Frere is not some huge victory for Quesenberry. Uh, That's a wash at worst. Yeah. So Saffold and Saffold's mentality and Saffold's size um, are are things the Titans are are, are really missing right now. Did you guys see the – And he played well last night. It helped quiet Simmons. Did you guys see the blow up on Saturday? Notre Dame's uh, offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, going crazy on the NBC broadcast at Drew Pine. Uh, (laughs) Make the bleeping play? Do your bleeping job. job. And then they go back to him and he's – I mean, he's in the front of the booth. He's so close to Talking glass. Talking on the phone. On the phone. The greatest part of it, the comedy of it is, they show Drew Pine first, <laughs> sitting there looking like his dog just died, just listening on the phone with a blank look on his face. Then they pan up to the booth, and on the other end of it, it's Tommy Reese just absolutely giving him the business, <laughs> telling him to do his job and saying the guy's wide open after that when they cut back. Colin Warner, our radio producer, just sent me this. Drew Pine versus Cal, pre-Tommy Reese yelling at him, was three for eight for 19 yards, no touchdowns, 3.2 yards per attempt. Post-blow-up, that was caught by NBC, Drew Pine was 14 for 15 for 117 yards, a touchdown, eight yards per attempt. So does, Hey, motivation works at times. Yeah, does the coordinator Lock go in. to the quarterback and say, hey, let's just skip the yelling part and start – from there. Like when John Henderson got slapped week. by the right. equipment guy before games? Yeah, let's he just needs to get skip ver- it verbally slapped. start from there and, and avoid the TV theatrics and all of that. Well, he could just pretend just, like I yelled at or you. Or just before the kickoff, I'll, yell at I'll you get before on the, the phone and I'll just let you have it. Slam it. About what you need to do today. Hang up we'll, on you. We'll get going quicker. Yeah. We didn't touch uh, heavy. That's a 29-year-old offensive coordinator, by the way, I believe. That's Tommy Reese's age. Nice. That's, That's also a massive win for Marcus Freeman. Oh, he needed that badly. Massive. Because now they go to North Carolina this week. It's at North Carolina. I knew they had the Tar Heels, but that's not going to be easy. Hit us up on social media at Outkick360. We hope you'll uh, share the link if you're watching us. If you're listening, appreciate that. Tweet the, the local station, the great partner with us right now. Coming up, we... Put a bow on week two and look ahead to some great conversation uh, with a former Power 5 quarterback headed our way tomorrow. That's next in Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Outkick 360 it rolls on, streaming live at outkick.com and on this great radio station. Bet five bucks and you can receive $200. This is for new DraftKings users, 21 and up. It's for first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customers only. DraftKings updating the NFL offer to bet $5, win 200 The offer goes live today, September 20th. It runs through November 20th. Bet $5 or more on any NFL pregame money line. If you win that bet, you win $200 in free bets through DraftKings. Make a deposit of at least 5 bucks in your sportsbook account. 
Then with your first wager, place a wager of at least 5 bucks on any NFL money line. Win that bet, you'll receive 200 into your account at DraftKings in addition to any cash winnings from your original wager once it settles. Again, 21 or older, DraftKings.com slash OutKick. That's DraftKings.com slash OutKick. Or download the DraftKings app for more info. Guys, teams that are 2-0 and against the spread this season. So you don't necessarily have to win the game. Lions. Lions are great against the spread under Dan Campbell. Chargers. My boys. Another one and one. Dolphins. Giants. I was going to guess the Giants. Bills. Bills road under, uh, road favorite and then home big favorite last night and against cleared, teams that won 12 games a year ago. both of them with no problems. Buccaneers. Despite how Quarterback's sluggish not everything's well. been okay, and he was okay um, in that second half, but yeah. not For those predicting he's going to lead the league in passing yardage, he's got a lot of making up to do. Brady would have covered with the Titans offense last night. Uh, Texans. That's surprising <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, that's surprising. I have to take a second to remember what they exactly tied the they've Colts done and so then far. they lost like, oh, yeah. on the road to Denver. Yeah. And the Falcons. The Falcons <laughs> who lost week one and Arthur Smith said, you guys have already, you know, given us our, our funeral. funeral services. Um, so you've already you know, buried us. So what difference does it make? Bury they us go, they go to out to LA and they're getting crushed 28, three nearly pull the comeback. I didn't throw it to pits. Those and are your teams. That was his criticism. Two and zero against the spread two. So. That's not a not a terrible start for oh. the Falcons. I mean, <laughs> they're even covered. They know they're all covered. Two. They're covered. <laughs> I would love to see coaches come into the, the post game and just say <laughs> one time, you know, guys, I don't know what more I'm covering here. All right. Yeah, we're losing. Did you games, make money or not? You, you you know that the best predictor of outcomes is Vegas, <laughs> and I am doing better than what Vegas says. I don't know what else you want from me. Um, the I think the Lions right now are the team that. To me, the Lions are the team that we're still overlooking that we shouldn't because the offense, it's hit a different level to start this year. I'm going to continue to overlook them. They, uh, I mean, it, you, you, if you average 30 points a game, you're going to win your fair share of games in this league. Only the top teams are known for that, and somehow the Lions have done it in back-to-back weeks. I am surprised their offense has been as good as it's been. And they, ju- I mean, they jumped um, out to a what twenty-two point lead, I believe, against yeah, Washington. Yeah, they were all over the Commanders. Yeah, they let on them come back. It, It's a it's a feel good story if the they're commanders. relevant at all. Like I, I I don't know who's rooting against the Lions unless you're just a big NFC North fan of another team. I'm kind well, of rooting against them. Why? Because I I don't I think they're being overhyped. I mean, I think they're underrated. I, I don't, uh, but like, uh, I mean, they, they, the Dan Campbell biting kneecap stuff annoyed me, and now I think everybody's on his bandwagon. Yeah, and he hasn't I, done anything except cover. But I, I think that whatever he's talking about, that's how he is all the time, and players appreciate that. Believe well, it or not, that's fine. That's how he is all the time. I mean, Mike Malarkey was how he was all the time. And it players loved make me him. like him. <laughs> but but again, like the players loved him, and they won nine games and got rid of him. I mean. Uh, I, I respect it, Paul. The fact that you won't root for the Lions who've <laughs> won one playoff game yeah. since the 50s. I, I don't mind if they win. I'm just not buying the hype. But there's no hype. There's I don't, no oh, hype. There's a lot of hype. I mean, Everybody's like the Lions are, are uh, you know, going to win nine games. 
I don't I know just, about that. I just don't. I don't. I, I just. I would like to see them relevant in November. I, that, <laughs> That's all I'm rooting for. I didn't even think about them when we preview their division. Yeah, so, nobody thinks they're going to win that division. I mean, they're going to finish third. But that but again, like, I would still remember that was our division that we we yeah. had said that it was pretty easy to give the tiers, right? Yeah. Because Lions clearly better than the Bears, Vikings we think clearly better than the Lions. We thought Packers clearly better than Vikings. Yeah. Although Vikings want to know against I'd the Packers. I'd stick with that. No. I would too. I, that would still be my prediction in that division. Well, this week we get Lions and Vikings. So that'll be somewhat telling. But we didn't let Vikings Packers be too telling. We made it a time of the year game. Yeah. We'll but see I, about the rematch. You know, yeah, Washington allowed Detroit back in the game, but the Lions didn't act like the Lions. It was 22-15. They got the ball back after 15 straight points and a two-point conversion and went down the field on a methodical drive and scored and separated the score again in the second half. Like, you know, if you're a Lions fan and you're up 22-0 in, at Ford Field and all of a sudden it's 22-15, you can go hit the exits because you, you kind of already yeah. know what's going to happen. Ford you Field know how this ends. was going pretty crazy. That was and, good atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's a very underrated stadium. It for, really is. For one how my, one loud of my it is. No one talks about Ford Field. It's loud. And people, Surprisingly. People stay. They've stayed at the games I've been to. And Chad, they do it without, uh, without tables and you know, matches and gasoline. It's kerosene. amazing how you can even get a good environment without jumping through a table. I don't know how it's possible. I'm shocked we didn't say that. The people night. in Western New York You're are You're a resident thinking, Buffalo guy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're thinking... I didn't know it was possible to not break a table and still be hyped up for a game. Christian Hackenberg will join us tomorrow on a jam-packed show. We're going to talk all things college football and more to get you ready for a great college football weekend in conference. Can't wait. Join us for Outkick 360, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. For the love of man, don't block the box, but please, please lock your lock.